the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. It's all I want. She's blonde, five foot two. It's all I need, yeah. And one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. This is my America. Welcome to tonight's Andrea K. Show, hour two of tonight's Andrea K. Show. Before the break, I, th- I think I am skin's gonna gonna pick up the convo that we have. Before the break, I, I played the wrong clip of Carrie Lake. I'm glad I played the clip of Carrie Lake because she was talking about the truth in, in, in terms of what the end game is for the Democrat Party. It's to turn this country into their communist society, and that which is one reason why uh, Hobbs. Uh, Katie Hobbs, who who has taken over as governor there, uh, is you know not doing anything to stop the invasion at the border. Um, but it wasn't a clip in which Carrie Lake was talking about the status of her fight for her election. And so Skins, of course, being Skins, found a clip to explain um, where the battle stands. Give it a whirl. What can we expect just the process to be when we get to this February 1st? What should we be focusing on and how can we support you? Uh, well, from what I understand, you know, today we are going to be putting our reply out. So we, we brought our case. We appealed it to the appeal appellate court. And um, last week, the I think it was Friday or was it Monday? I can't remember. The uh, defense put their rebuttal. Today, our reply is due. And then what I understand is on February 1st, the three panel uh, appellate court judges, three judges. One was uh, appointed by a Democrat, two by a Republican. But th- in this day and age, that doesn't mean anything. Right. Um, they will take a look at all the evidence. They're going to take a look at everything that we were able to put into our original case. They're going to take a look at all of the replies and rebuttals, and they're going to pour over that and make a decision. Now, a lot okay, of that's, the- that's interrupt, but that's behind closed doors. You're not there. Nobody's talking. They're just looking it over and we're going to be waiting with bated breath for a decision. Is that how it yes, works? I don't believe that. Uh, I think they had scheduled possible verbal um, uh, oral arguments. Right. And I don't know that they've um, doubled down on that and said we're going to have that. I think that if, if they feel they need that, that okay. they will call that. So there you have it. That's that's where we're at with it. And you know what? She's doing something she's not supposed to be doing, right? She's she's not letting it go. She's supposed to be falling on her sword. You know, no matter how it shakes out, Andrea, you know, God bless her for standing up and seeing this through. Yep. Absolutely. And that's what we need more fighting uh fighters willing to fight for us, unlike Ronna McDaniel. So there's a showdown happening at the RNC. Over the leadership with the, uh, the Republican uh, convention is taking place. I thought, I'm not sure if it's in Dana Point or if in Sa- Sacramento, but I think as, as of tomorrow, there's going to be a vote for who's going to lead the RNC, whether or not it's going to be Ronna McDaniel or Harmeet. And yesterday when I was speaking at a Republican group, thanks again to the amazing Republican women of the South Bay. Um, I asked for a show of hands. Only one person put a hand up for Ronna McDaniel, who, by the way, I saw a report. 
today has increased her. She's been making exponentially more money than any RNC leader in the past has done, in spite of the fact that there is actually zero accomplishments that she can name. It's so representative, so symbolic of the issue that we've got with our, with our government and with our elected officials and with our and with our party apparatus. I mean, basically, their idea of a win is just that they just keep uh, their idea of a win is just that they keep making more money. Quite frankly, it's not it, they they want as many people elected with ours after their name as possible. But that what they but they don't necessarily want that to to mean responsibility to further a conservative. It's not agenda. about representing the people. It's not about representing the people. It's about representing the party. In fact, I've got so much. I had you pull a great clip. Oh, here it is. DeSantis. Yes, there. Ron DeSantis uh, actually was asked about it in an interview with Charlie Kirk, who's at the RNC meetings, and he has endorsed Harmeet Dillon. And in true DeSantis style, he explains exactly why Harmeet's the better person for the job than Rana. Well, we've had three substandard election cycles in a row, 18, 20, and 22. And I would say of all three of those, 22 was probably the worst given the the political environment of a very unpopular president and biden huge majorities of the people think the country's going in the wrong direction that is an environment that's tailor-made to make big gains in the house and the senate and state house state houses all across the country and yet that didn't happen and in fact we even lost ground in the u.s senate and so you know i think we need uh, a change i think we need to get some new blood in the rnc uh, i like what harmeet Dillon has said about getting the rnc out of dc why would you want to have your headquarters in the most democrat city in america it's more democrat than san francisco is um, the thing about where the location of the office is, I mean, that's the, Washington, D.C. is the capital of the country. I don't have a problem with them having their office there. What I have a problem with is the fact that she's even continuing to try to run for a leadership position again, given the fact that she is a colossal failure. Because the only measurement in which she should be uh, quantifiably measured in terms of success is wins. Well, it was almost like McCarthy. No, we don't want you. Let's vote again. No, we don't want you. Let's vote again. Yeah. What are, what, are, what are her accomplishments? What has she won? Which should have been an absolute landslide. The red wave was not a red wave. And I know, rest in peace, Lynette Hardaway Diamond. I actually mentioned this at the group I spoke at yesterday. Last time they were on the show after the midterm, she corrected me on air and said she was tired of conservative people in the media saying there was no red wave. There was a red wave and it was stolen. I have to disagree with that. That we could have had a red wave. Yeah, think about what was projected. We could have had a red wave. The Republican Party could have helped Kerry Lake and Blake Masters win in Georgia. Instead, the Republican Party, including somebody who was a part of the, the election apparatus on, on the ground, actually had started a pack specifically for the purpose of stopping Kerry Lake from winning. The Republican Party, if the, if election theft and fraud happened to stop the red wave it's because the republican party allowed it to happen it was not a red wave it was not a red wave because we did not have a supermajority in the senate and a supermajority in the house we don't have it which we should have had which both. we should have had ronna mcdaniel is the architect of failure when it comes to winning elections for us the only thing she's the architect of success on is increasing her wealth her money and spending a lot of money like a drunken sailor. And she doesn't want to give it up. And she, of course she doesn't want to give it up. 
And the word is, is that she's making all kinds of promises to people. Well, I'm not interested in promises. You're a failure. If you had any, if you had any respect for the voters, you would not even be running for re-election. You would be stepping down saying, you know what? I didn't do it for the, I didn't do it for the, for the Republican voters. I didn't do it for the, for the small donors. The seniors that gave $25, $20 when they couldn't afford it. I'm a failure. That's where I, I come from, corporate America. You think she'd still have a job in corporate America? Man, she would have shown up at the door the morning after the midterms and her, and her code wouldn't have worked. Or if she managed to get through the door, somebody would be at her desk telling her, I'm here to escort you out. you got five minutes to pack it up. She's a failure. We need wins. And by the way, and by the way, a win is not just getting Republicans elected. It's also getting Republicans elected who are going to fulfill the will of the American people. And part of the reason why we didn't have the red wave that we needed to have was because the establishment didn't like the MAGA candidates that the voters picked in the primaries. So then they just decided to abandon them. No, I'm not interested in any more Ronna McDaniels. All right, going to take a break. We come back. There's a disturbing story coming out of my school, LSU, that I'm going to weigh in on when we come back. Is there a culture of rape? Is this devastatingly sad story about a culture of rape or is a story of that has to do with minding some safety issues that are prevalent with young people? We're going to discuss that when we come back. AK, dynamite and address, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, don't call her fake news. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. So politics and the Greeks have collided at LSU. The Greek system, I guess I should say, is part of the story here. It's it's a sad story out of LSU. So 19-year-old Madison Brooks, uh, Alpha Phi sorority member, sophomore, uh, went used a fake ID to go into a bar at Tigerland. This bar, Reggie's, was not at Tigerland when I was an LSU student. Fred's is still there, by the way. So she uses a fake ID to go into Reggie's. She's seen leaving at 1.50 in the morning on video, uh, tagging behind and runs up to join a group of four young men. You can see uh, Kayvon Washington, Cason Carver, Everett Lee, and a 17-year-old suspect whose face has been blocked out. Uh, Kayvon Washington and Everett Lee are African-American um, I don't know the uh, the box that gets checked for the 17-year-old case in Carver looks white. Not that it matters, but since the left likes to make a big deal um, about it, uh, there, there you have it. So uh, Madison Brooks used fake ID to get into Reggie's at 19. At 150, she's seen leaving. Um, uh, the group of four, these four young men are ahead of her. Then she trots up and you can see her on the video outside of Reggie's, uh, joining them. She does not look, you can't tell in the video whether or not she is inebriated. Within an hour, she is raped and dumped on the side of the road where she is hit by a car and dies. The story has be, and it's a sad, horrifying story. Um, I'm not shocked to see a young woman Make a decision to join a group of young men and have it go bad. Because anytime you get in a car with, with, with somebody, I mean, we run risk in life 
in um, every time we leave our home, right? Um, we we assume we assume risks in who we start to date. If we get in a car with somebody we don't know, I, we don't know how well she knew or if she knew these how she knew these these young men. The reason why I'm getting into that background because the story has become incredibly politicized. The president of LSU came out and in his multiple emails and and this uh, Tigerland and this bar is not on LSU's campus, right? This was not in a, a school event that she was at. This was not a sorority and fraternity event that she was at. She was there by herself at a bar, went in, used a fake ID to go into a bar. Reggie has lost their liquor license while there's an investigation. According to Reggie's, she did not use that. She used the ID to get in, but she did not drink. The response from the LSU's president was to caution about the drinking culture at LSU. And let me tell you, it's not near the drinking culture it was when I was there. And that's why I can tell you that young women taking scary risks at 2 a.m. coming out of a bar was something that happened every night of the week pretty much at LSU and probably happens all across this country. And I don't think so. The president comes out and says, I, you know, basically does a series of emails warning students to basically make better decisions and he gets to not make better decisions he didn't shame her he's being accused of shaming her when what he's trying to do is get young people to make better to make good decisions for themselves and you know what at 2 a.m getting in a car with four young men probably isn't the safest decision to make that's not shaming somebody if i tell women that I know. You know what? When you come out of the grocery store at night, have your keys ready. Look around your car. If you come up to your car and there is a van with a sliding door up next to the driver's side, go back in the store because that's how a lot of women are being abducted. If I give that story, that message of safety, of, of things that you can do to, to take precautions to ensure your safety, because we take risk every time we leave the house, but we can mitigate our risk, Right. By making good choices. That's not me shaming anybody that's gotten attacked in a parking lot. So what's happening here is that the college Democrats at LSU, of course, are are exploiting this young woman's tragic death by saying that it's that um, that she's being victim shamed and that this is this is a, a total lack of acknowledging that LSU has a responsibility here. I don't see any responsibility on the part of LSU or any other college or university for a choice a young woman makes at two o'clock in the morning outside of a bar. What is LSU supposed to have done to this girl? Follow her? Tell her when she's coming out that she's not allowed to get in the car with these four boys. Now, they're saying she consent to them all having sex with her in the backseat of a car. I can't know if that's true or not. But what we do know is they dumped her on the side of a road. So they don't bear any responsibility. It's all LSU's responsibility. This has now become a national story because the Democrats want to go back to the days of when we had um, the phony story of the 
lacrosse players. What school was it with the with the lacrosse players who were all falsely accused of raping a young girl? And it was about trying to this. This was some of the beginnings of the anti male movement and male toxicity movement in, in America to say that every college campus had has a a culture of rape. Right. That's the play here. This was not on LSU's campus. I'm sad, devastated for her family and for her that she, you know, got in the car with these young men. She probably she probably knew them from class and probably had no reason to think, obviously had no reason to think in her mind that they would do anything to, to harm her. And it's just a terribly sad story. But shame on anybody exploiting it to try to trot out and continue to trot out this, you know, college um, culture of rape, political crap. I think it's wrong to her family and it doesn't solve the problem. The, the college Democrat, oh, and feminine, the college Democrats of LSU and feminist in action. You know, if, if you're a feminist in action, get, don't, this isn't your story. You want to be a feminist in action. You go, you go against the biological males that are destroying women's sports and young girls' sports and showing up in locker rooms at the local YMCA. They said the student body finds itself sickened by this attempt to victim blame. No, I'm sickened by your attempt to exploit her to push your leftist agenda. That's what sickens me. It makes me terribly sad. So that's my story there. All right, going to take a break. When we come back, what else are we going to talk about? Let's talk about some more COVID. we got some more breaking news on that, by the way, believe it or not. Stay tuned. It's the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170. The Answer is San Diego. Andrea K telling you like it is all while eating a donut. The Andrea K show on the answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K show. Frankie, the Salsi Island parties, Fiji. Were you in Fiji? You must have been in Fiji, man. Although you didn't have to be in the, uh, the Fiji frat to enjoy South Seas. Yes, we had big, um, trash bins full of Everclear liquor and, and punch made with Everclear. That's what happened back in our day at LSU. <laughs> oh, good times. I remember some Fijis. I had some fun with the Fijis back in the day as well as. Uh, in, anyway, I digress. Uh, Sandra says, I saw a recipe on Food Network where they put cheese in their apple pie. It's so good. Let me tell y'all, a little cheddar cheese in the crust of an apple pie. Skins is looking at me like I'm crazy. Let me tell y'all, so, so good. I like sharp. No, I told, I actually said on the show yesterday, I'm a big fan of cheese and apple pie. It actually sounds like it goes kind of good together. Yeah, really, really yummy. Elaine says, also found naturally in apples, onions, teas, berries. I'm not sure what we're talking about there. Um, but I'm all for, um, I think, I think what Elaine is sharing is ideas for, uh, immune, natural ways to boost your immune system. So, um, I, evidently I'm seeing some reports as well about some censorship happening in the Facebook thread. So I don't like to see that. No, I do not. Okay, so um, before the break, as I was talking about this LSU story and these, the feminists, if they, if these feminists really cared about women, they would care about what's happening uh, with this LBGTQ movement that's canceling women. It's canceling young women's sports. It's canceling their rights, their privacy. It's canceling uh, their heart and their their ability to decide for themselves whether or not they're exposed to men, right? 
Um, and it is the Trojan horse, I think, that it, that it is the battering ram to destroy this nation. And there's been one... Um, one man who's kind of been at the forefront and on the uh, on the receiving end of the LBGTQ movement to try to use him. And I'm, I'm talking about Jack Phillips and his masterpiece bake shop in Colorado. You know, he was targeted early on. You know, how can we how can we use the LBGTQ to try to destroy the Judeo-Christian principles and fabric of a nation to deny Americans their religious freedoms, forcing them to participate in our choices and our life we're going to try to force this man to bake a cake to for a gay wedding he ended up winning that but it wasn't for the reasons that i wanted it to be a win what the supreme court said was is that he had the right as an artist to decide what he did on a cake so they gave him the win but not the win that we really needed which has to do with our religious freedoms And of course now, so then he immediately was targeted by somebody trying to force him to bake a a gender transition cake. And uh, he lost in court. Um, He appealed and a Colorado Court of Appeals judge ruled against him today after he appealed an earlier court decision requiring him to bake a cake for an individual's gender transition. Um. He, this lawsuit um, came about in 2021 after a trans individual wanted uh, Phillips to make a, what did he want here? He wanted uh, the cake that, to be blue on the outside and pink on the inside. Alliance for Defending Freedom announced in a press release yesterday that the Colorado Court of Appeals had ruled against Phillips, but said that a plan was already in motion to appeal the ruling. And this needs to go back to the Supreme Court and they need to do their job. And they need to uphold a, a couple of things in this country. This is, and this is where what one of the reasons why I talked the other night about <sighs> the right to deny service to anybody, including on the basis of skin color, because if you, once you go down the road that a business has to be forced, at, and you're and, and and if you're it, it, unless you're a public company, your business is your personal property, right? You're on the hook for it unless you're a c-corp right if you're a sole proprietor or an llc you're responsible for it once we went down that road here we are now it's the slippery slope right and now it's well you know it's discriminatory if you don't perform this service for me that i want and we need the supreme court to uphold two things here in my opinion first of all the businesses have the right to refuse service to anybody particularly in a service like this. If I don't want it like weddings, it why and why do you want somebody to participate in your wedding if they don't want to be there? Right? It's such oppression. Right? It's slavery in a sense. I want the Supreme Court to rule that a business owner has the right to say, "You know what? I don't want to bake your cake." You know why I don't want to bake your cake? Cuz I don't like you. How about that? How about that for a reason? I should have the right, and and you know what, back in my corporate sales days, there were many, many times, particularly when I was selling, not not just like a machine that you sell the machine, it gets installed and you never see them again, but when it involved a service where I was going to have to be, you know, interacting with them on an ongoing basis, there was many a time where I just, you know, made an excuse or gave a proposal or just didn't bother to follow up with a proposal because I knew that wasn't anybody I wanted to be in business with. You should have the right to do that because it's your time and your time is your money, particularly when you own the business. 
Uh, so the, the court determined that Philip's right to religious freedom did not fall under First Amendment protections. How is your religious freedoms not a First Amendment right? Isn't it specifically mentioned under the, the First Amendment? Quote, turning to the constitutional issues presented, the division concludes that the act of baking a pink cake with blue frosting does not constitute protected speech under the First Amendment. You know what? You got me there. The founders, when they wrote the First Amendment, they didn't say, you know what? This covers pink cake crumb and blue frosting. You got me there. Additionally, says the court, the division concludes that CADA's prohibition against discrimination based on a person's transgender status does not violate a proprietor's right to freely exercise or express their religion. Of course it does. Of course it violates somebody's religious beliefs. Depending on their religion. It absolutely can. It doesn't have to be. This is why individual liberty matters. There are some people out there who think We actually have some churches out there where there's transgender preachers. You know what? They they have the right to believe that. And Jack Phillips has the right to say this violates his religious beliefs. Autumn Scardina, a biological male. I do not use the term. I do not describe people using the term transgender woman. There is no such thing. He's a biological male who lives his life uh, pretending to be a woman and an attorney attempted to order a cake for a gender transition party on the same day the Supreme Court announced it would hear Phillips's case regarding his refusal to bake a cake. So he was targeted. He was targeted for submission. And he said he could not bake the cake because it would force him to violate his religious beliefs. The Colorado court argued that there is no inherent meaning or expressed message from Scardina's cake request. Well, then how, do, how did Scar, if, if Scardina, if there was nothing expressed uh, in, in, in the cake request that had anything to do with transition, then how could Scardina, then how did he know what it was for and how could Scardina feel rebuffed in getting a no if it wasn't expressly mentioned? What was it, telepathic? That doesn't even make sense. The requested cake did not have an explicit message, whether secular or religious. This is why Supreme Court initially ruled wrongly in the first place. The point was not what the artistic look of the cake was, what words were going to be printed on the cake. They both knew what this cake was for. It was for a gender transition. It didn't have to have those words, this cake for gender transition on it, to violate his beliefs. And Scardina's attorney issued said that this ruling was a victory for the greater LBGT community. How could it be a victory for the LBGT community if this cake wasn't expressly for the LBGT community? Does that make sense to any of you guys? The court held that Masterpiece Cake Shop broke the law when it refused to sell a birthday cake to Miss Scardina because she is a, uh, there's no she, because he calls himself a woman. In doing so, the court rejected the defendant's free speech argument because, as defendants admitted at trial, a pink cake with blue frosting does not have any inherent meaning, and the act of selling a cake is not speech. Again, how did anybody know? He had to, there had to have been some communication. Otherwise, the LBGT community couldn't see this as a victory. 
Jake Warner, Alliance, of Def- uh, Alliance Defending Freedom Senior Counsel, said that the court's arguments ignore the Supreme Court precedent and that despite the cake having no written message, protection of symbolic speech is within the rights granted by the First Amendment. What we have here is a cake that symbolically expresses the message and the Supreme Court in many cases throughout history has recognized that symbolic speech is protected speech. Okay, good. Just because speech is symbolic does not mean it's not protected. Quite the opposite. The First Amendment says the government can't force you to promote even symbolic speech that you disagree with. Shouldn't even be an argument here. Should not even be an argument. Okay. Um, I don't think I have t- total time to get into all my COVID stuff before we have to take another break. I'll, I'll start it and then I'll finish it in the next segment. How's that? All right. So um, we talked a lot about the Project Veritas video in the last hour about the shocking video of the, oh, suddenly I'm so hungry. You know, it usually it hits me during a break and then I have to tell skins during the break. Oh, it just hit me. I'm so hungry. <laughs> I think that's the first time it's actually hit on air. I know. And I mean, it's like, it's like, it's like out of the blue. It's like all of a sudden I'm starving. It just hit me. Send okay. food donations to the Andrea K show. Please. Cause usually maybe I'm on a break, right? Usually it hits me during a break. So you just experience what skins experiences usually at this time during a break. So we talked about um, the games that Pfizer is, is playing behind the scenes that they're covering up to hide to, to make money out of mutating viruses uh, viruses that kill, by the way. Um, it doesn't matter what gets revealed about these shots. You've got the the mouthpieces for the deep state that are going to continue to try to lie to you, including Scarborough, who's continuing to double down now on the need to get it for t- the need to get the fourth booster. Skins, please play clip five from last. Though are from anti vaxxers, mm-hmm. and now let me say something about anti vaxxers. I felt really sorry. For anti-vaxxers and their children when they were left-wing freaks. And I feel really sorry for anti-vaxxers and their children now that they're right-wing freaks. Um, uh, These people, are the the conspiracy theories are so bizarre. They're ignoring science. And these are people denying themselves the right to health. Well, and not only that, we're starting to see all of these old diseases that we we, we beat, that yeah. science beat, that medicine beat, starting to come back because these freaks spread misinformation on Twitter, on Facebook. And here's the thing. They're so rabid and so inspired by people like MTG that they actually celebrated Demar Hamlin almost dying. And they created, they politicized the event. And now some of these freaks are actually saying that he's a body double, that he actually died, that this is somehow some conspiracy, that he's dead. But the Damar Hamlin uh, figure that we're seeing is a body double. You know, the thing is, you can't explain anything uh, to people. Uh, that 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 are that skewed. So I'm just going to do this as a public service announcement to those people who actually love their children and love the, love their families and their friends and want them to be healthy. Um, you know, yesterday when I was talking about uh, uh, getting COVID and I and, and should have gotten a fourth booster shot. <laughs> a lot of these freaks go, oh, fourth booster shot, robot. No, listen, here's the deal, moron. <laughs> if you get a flu shot. What do you do? Do you go to the doctor? Oh, my God, you want me to have a 50th flu shot? No, you get a flu shot every year. Let's stop right. Um, (laughs) 
Who's the moron and the freak? Nobody ever billed the flu shots as being a vaccine. That's why everybody was, oh, half the people are like, sure, I'll go get a flu shot and take my chances on whether or not the shot they concocted with the strains is actually going to match and stop this year's version, right? The freaks and the morons are those that actually believed the government when they first said that these shots will stop you one and done. You won't get it and you won't give it. I, I don't have a problem with anybody who believed that initially, right? But I think you're kind of the freak and the moron if you're out there bragging about how you're ready. You should have gotten a four shot after you're on your, what, fifth, ninth, 19th time of getting COVID. You're the who's the idiot. And I don't care if you how many shots you get. But you're calling somebody freaks and morons when you continue to get COVID over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And you keep going back to the same source and keep keep getting the shots over and over and over again. Are you not aware of what's getting injected? COVID into your body. How about you thinking that you're the mo in the equation? Now, I don't know what's going on with this DeMar Hamlin story. I don't know anybody and haven't heard of the people that think that, you know, that a body double was used. There's always the, there's always the fringe, the conspiracy period, you know, theory people. I mean, there's the people that still are out there looking for Elvis. Okay. That's not what the majority of where the majority of people are at in, in the equation. And I'm certainly not going to have somebody who keeps putting his arm out to get a shot to protect him from something that he keeps getting over and over and over and over and over again. I'm not going to be shamed by anybody that's that stupid. Okay, and that and we need to be pushing back. You see the game that they're playing, the shame game. Now, we need to be putting some shame back on them because, quite frankly, they're the morons at this point. I have more respect for for Adam. What his name was, Scott Adams, who was shaming everybody for not getting the shots, shaming the unjabbed and came out and said, hey, you guys were the right ones to question quite maybe quite. He said maybe questioning the government at this point and every and it is 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 the smart play. He says, because now I'm going to be worried for the next five years, probably for the rest of my life, about what might be coming. Going to take a break. We got more. I want to hear from you. You guys have been quiet tonight. 888-344-1170. Andrea K. Bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. All right. Um, you know, I've started, one of the things I've started doing is we're rolling throughout the week, starting to look for stories of heroes of the week that we can, we can start to amass. One was the, um, I think his last name is Purdy. We talked about him last night, quarterback for the 49ers. Yeah, he's right up there. That, that's pretty courageous. Very courageous, he's saying. His identity is in Jesus Christ. Um, so, and here we've got a police officer <clears throat> in Georgia who has resigned after he did a Facebook post about traditional marriage and it landed him on leave. Um, Hopefully, as I read the story, honestly, I'm just not seeing this. I, I didn't really, um, I don't know the extent of the story. So I'm hoping that he didn't, that it was his choice to resign and he's actually doing it as an act of courage because that would really put him as a nominee for here of the week. It's the Port, Port Wentworth Police Department. Um, he's quitting after harassment, including suspension uh, for posting his biblical beliefs on Facebook. 
Um, Let's see what he posted here. He said he um, posted outlining the concept in the book of Ephesians regarding the union of Christ and the church as a marriage. Uh, Here's what he said on Facebook, quote, God designed marriage. Marriage refers to Christ and the church. That's why there is no such thing as homosexual marriage, he posted. Um, The day after this January uh, 2nd posting, he got a call from a supervisor telling him to take down his Facebook comments. He refused. His supervisor threatened him with termination. Then police Lieutenant Justin Hardy told him the city feared liability if Kersey was involved in, quote, use of force and identifying in an involving an individual identifying as LBGT. He was ordered to turn in all his city property on January 4th and believed he would he would be fired upon reporting that morning. Uh, he was met with a couple of, uh, you know, um, chiefs and majors or whatever. And he said that he was he thought he was going to be fired. He learned he was being placed on administrative leave while the city investigated. And he said he was told that he was wise beyond his years, an old soul, and that they would brag on me all the time. But they I couldn't post things like that. He recalled the police chief saying that the Facebook post was to homosexuals the equivalent of of using racial epithets or saying um, using, you know, the the F word that's attributed to, to homosexuals. And um, that his speech was restricted because he was a police officer. After a week of paid admin leave, there was another meeting with police leadership. At that time, he was told he still had a job and he could post scripture on social media as long as he was not putting out offensive opinions. Um, The reason for restricting his post was a claim of separation of church and state, he said. What do you guys think about this? He said... um, then he started receiving threats. Um, so he ended up, make a long story short, it, there was there was a lot of back and forth going on. Um, Georgia does recognize homosexual unions. I'm not, I almost feel like I need to have a member from like a police association on to talk about this. If you guys are part of a police force and you want to call in, you can do so anonymously. and let me know if you um, are familiar with this because I don't know if being a member of the police force comes with an agreement as part of your contract that you won't you won't post opinions on your social media to me when you're off the job you ought to be able to express yourself and exercise your first amendment rights and to me your religious freedoms are, are supposed to be protected at all times. And it doesn't sound to me as though the excuse had really anything to do with any contract he had. It's like, well, if you have a if you if you're involved in any apprehension of somebody who says they're LBGTQ, we don't want that coming back to us. We don't we don't want anybody being able to basically file a claim against the police department because you said this. So, um, you know, I'm a believer in at will employment. I think that if, you know, Salem here doesn't ever tell me what I'm allowed to say or what I'm not. Um, I do think, for example, when it comes to the NFL, my argument there was that the NFL teams had a right to tell Kaepernick whether or not he could take a knee because he was on the clock. He was doing a job. In this case, he wasn't on the clock. 
So I'm not really sure what the legalities are, I guess I should say, with police officers associations. Um, to me, it looks like, you know, basically this is just another excuse to attack Judeo-Christian principles and values and to, and to tell Christians they're not allowed to have a voice. Because you know what? I guess a gay officer would be allowed to say to, to be allowed to, to put their opinions out on Facebook. So what's the situation? Is it only him because he's a Christian so he can't put his opinions out there? But others can. That's how this is looking to me. As there's at this point, there's one set of opinions that are acceptable in the United States today. And that's it. And it's not Christianity. And we need to start speaking up from hat tip to him for resigning because we need we need to be pushing back against this or our country will be will be gone forever. 888-344-1170. I think right now. Uh, my heroes of the week so far are these two men that have stood up for their Christianity. And to me, he's a hero here because he sacrificed his career. The the quarterback for the 49ers. I mean, that is in a different way. He's a rookie. I mean, he could very well you know, go out and say that and they could bench him and he could never play again. True. He took a risk. This police officer took a risk and he ended up having to resign. These are heroes to me. These are people that are are willing to stand up for their beliefs, even if it cost them. That's a true hero for me. And there, and there are many heroes out there in the uh, COVID fight too, like America's frontline doctors and those that, that stood up and, and stood back, and, and as well as many others in, from a variety of different professions that stood up for for what's right but as as christians and this is one of the things that you know i've been talking about when it comes to politics this is why you have to be active as a christian the idea that the stephen furtick's and preachers tell their parishioners turn off the news don't pay attention to what's happening politically ignore it you're feeding the enemy you're doing the enemy's work you know and in the end i I know it sounds cliche but i don't think that's what jesus would want did Jesus sit sit around somewhere? Jesus was a carpenter. Did he keep working as a carpenter, swinging a hammer? No, he nope. could have. No, he went out and got went amongst the people and witnessed. Right? Was that what's the difference? And here? if you're supposed to be, if we're supposed to walk like Christ did, what does that tell you? What does he want us to do? Yeah, absolutely. Real quick, by the way, ten seconds. Just hashtag warning: North Carolina police are finding razor blades inside pumps at gas stations so just just want to make you aware there's this kind of a crime trend before you pump gas make sure you look make sure there's no razor blade there just looking out for you my peeps we'll see you tomorrow on friday night show peace out three-star general michael j flynn head of the pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military flynn knew what the intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors this set off alarm bells the explosive new documentary flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost and covers the facts behind this scandal flynn told the truth he was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.